On today's episode, we talk about the Squid Games and how debt is going to ruin your life. This is Pastors on Pop. I'm just like, what do I expect uh-huh. to happen in this space? Uh-huh. What's the next terrible thing? Yeah. So uh, Squid Games, yes. is a, it's on Netflix, and uh, it's super controversial TV show, right? Yeah, because but of the taking premises. over the world. But it's taking, it's, yeah, literally. Isn't it funny how that, how that happens? Uh, so just to kind of give a, a little bit of backstory about what the show is, uh, the writer, I'm going to butcher his name, even though we just looked it up, it's Huang Dong Huk. I think you're pretty close, yeah, yeah. Huang. We had a debate on who should say the name, and, and you drew the the, <laughs> the, the, short, sm- the short straw. Oh, no. So, so good job. It, it's like saying biblical names; you just have to say it with confidence and fast. <laughs> Huang Dong Huk first came up with this yes. uh, idea for uh, this show, like ten in like 2008, 2009, uh, and it took ten years, and then finally Netflix picked it up. It's out of uh, South Korea, mm-hmm. um, and so it all has subtitles. And I've did you watch it in subtitles? No. I put the English dub on. I did, too. And it was fascinating how good it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't... I mean, you get sucked into the story, and you don't even realize what's going on. Yeah. It, it confu- Well, my kids didn't see it. It would have confused my kids. But uh, <laughs> if you were yeah. showing this to your kids, we'd have to have a different <laughs> conversation. That's fair. What was... Like, I kind of forced you to watch it. You did. You did. You did. <laughs> yeah, I sat down and watched it. I was on the fence of whether I wanted to watch it or not. Uh-huh. And you were like, hey, we're going to talk about this on the podcast. And I was like, well... I better at least be knowledgeable about it. I better it. do my research. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I sat down and I watched it. And I, uh, so the introduction of the main character, um, they like presented him like a terrible light. Like I wasn't rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Like he was just a bad dude. But then as the, as the show progresses, progresses yeah. you see the empathy and the compassion that he has in him. And, and truly, you know, him and a few other characters, the humanity that's, that's actually shows into him. And it yeah. really becomes like a pretty good picture of like of humanity and then humanity at its worst, like humanity at its best in terms of compassion and, and humanity at its worst in terms of doing whatever the cost. And then it's, it's really pictured well with the main character and his best bud growing up. Right. In right. the space of that and how they transform into either better versions of human humanity or mm-hmm. into the worst version of humanity. Yeah. yeah so <clears throat> throughout the whole episode, there, there. I've heard all these different conspiracy theories about things to be looking for, or, or really that are giving us answers to things in the future. Because it ends, and and I know that they're they're creating a season two, which is exciting and yeah. and terrifying all at the same time. Uh, but so here are some of the. I don't know if you've heard these or not. Um, but in that first red light, green light, there's a main character, and he's an old man, and uh, his name is Jihun, mm-hmm. right? And you learn at the very end that Jihun is actually like the manufacturer of all of these games that are going on. But in order to feel alive, he wanted to participate in the game without having the risk of dying. And yeah. so when he was already actually dying, when he was he already, had a terminal, he did have a terminal ill yeah. illness. And so uh, when you see the robot turn around, you you actually see through her eyes, and she's scanning to see who's moving, and it actually shows he never actually gets scanned. Like there's something in the AI that won't single him out and you don't actually catch that right at first but it's kind of a trigger to know okay there's something 
unique going on with this guy. There's also another point. Remember when there's the the big, uh, they all get in a big fight at night. Where yes. They're, they're like team up, and you realize that uh, the less people who are alive, the less competition that you have, which yeah. is kind of a sick, twisted thing that they, right. they put into these these people's minds. And so it's at a game night, within a game. It's a game within a game. They shut the lights off at night, but you find the old man, and he's like hiding and like crying out on top of all of these like bunk beds and the conspiracy theory is is that he was actually legitimately scared for his life and they didn't know how to protect him without shutting it all down okay and so they end up flipping the lights on shutting the fight down and saying you know it's it's over it's done because they don't want they don't want this guy to die. Yeah. What's a show without some Easter eggs in it, right? That's right. Like, I didn't know any of the conspiracy theories. Like, I just tried to watch it for what it was. And so sure. I missed most all of this sure. in it. But there was that one point when they're playing uh, the marble game. Yep. Which I know we're going to talk to it in a bit. But when they're playing the marble game, and uh, he's the only character, like, in the whole series that gets killed off screen. Yes. They didn't show it. And I was like, whoa, yeah. there's and, something to but that. But when I saw that, I was thinking, oh, like, you've learned to – be endearing to this character and it was like hey we're protecting you from this you know and so they show um in ho like walking away and like his reaction to it uh but then you know you hear the gunshot yeah which is really interesting the the most twisted part of the show that like created like the most like well the second most like there's a lot cringe of stuff space <laughs> is the partner piece um when they went into the marbles right and it was like they had formed their teams. They had made bonds, all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And now they had to choose partners, and they choose the person that they think they can do the best with, right? And then all of a sudden, there's a husband and a wife yeah. that are and paired up. And only one can win. Only one can yeah, win. Yeah, and so they have these marbles, and they have to pick a game to play with the marbles, and whoever loses, the game loses. And so husband and wife, only one can survive. And uh, he kind of had teamed up with, with the old man through the whole thing. Yeah. And so uh, only one can survive. And... Yeah. And then the line, right? Because the old man either has or f is faking dementia through that whole space. But right. at the end, he's lucid enough and he, he calls out the main character and it's like, mm -hmm. oh man, like even in the midst of all of this, yep. like how to the depths that we go to stay yep. alive. And that my question for you, actually, as I was watching the Squid Games, is um, near the end of all of the, all of it, they bring in the, the heavy hitters, the betters, you know, yes. that seriously sit there in their lounge area. The that was gross. so weird. It was really gross. And uh, and they're sitting there watching it, yes. you know, and making bets and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, it elicited me a uh, a feeling that I've only had one other time, and that's when I watched Gladiator, uh -huh. that I was actually the person in the lounge. Okay. Like I was watching this for entertainment the same way that they were. Yes. And I was wondering if you – if, if that I, feeling crossed your I mind. I didn't think about it, but now that you mention it, you're absolutely right. And these are the people that are like, you hate these people. Like, why would you make this happen? And yet here we are watching from, you know, our homes going, hey, this is kind of a fun show. Yeah, you should, like, you should watch it. But I guess the twist on that is we know that it's a show and people aren't actually dying. Yeah. Like, it would be even worse if it was like, if it was like Gladiator, where it's like, broadcast out and everyone's rooting for these people to die or to live yeah um yeah that moment hit me in in gladiator <laughs> yes that moment hit me in gladiator when he looks out at the crowd and says are you not entertained yes. like in that space and all of a sudden it was like yes. oh man this i, I am doing the same thing and then um you know 
uh, a while ago, we had a special guest on our podcast, and uh, Brandon, mm-hmm. who does uh, you know Christian uh, thought with horror movies. Yep. And one of the things that he said is that horror movies are a safe way to explore, um, you know, the the depths of humanity mm-hmm. and the depths of sin uh, in a way that's not going to, you know, bring legitimate harm into your life in that space. And so I actually always had him in the back of his, of my mind of like, okay, so like in watching squid games, like this is, this is a way to see really the, the depths that we can very easily imagine humanity going to, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of survival or mm-hmm. in fighting for something right. like wealth or riches. And it just brought to me, uh, really kind of the verses in, in Timothy, that uh, the love of money leads to all kinds of evil, right? Like is the root of all kinds of evil in that space. And that that pursuit of more, that pursuit, the very next line in that is that when that becomes your pursuit, that that leads to ruin and destruction. Sure. And it was so vivid in the yeah. Squid Game. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of similar to like Hunger Games, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that was for, inter- but I mean, again, that's being, that's the rich people, you know, creating this thing that is then broadcast everywhere for everyone to watch and kind of buying into that culture. Um, But again, on the outside, we're watching that for entertainment. And it's, it's always those little, those little things that like move you to say, Oh, okay, well now this is okay. You know? um, Uh, (laughs) So anyway, there's this conspiracy theory. (laughs) Part two. Oh man. Uh, So there's a a couple of other conspiracy theories that I didn't want to bring to you. So uh, this is kind of like the Matrix with with the red pill and the blue pill. Yeah. At the very beginning, there's the the red card and the blue card. Yeah. And the idea is that uh, since he picked the blue card, he was a contestant. But if he would have picked the red card, he would have become a guard. Yeah. Right? Uh, Because the guards in the show have to wear masks as well. They don't know who each other are. They mm-hmm. have their own separate rooms. They have numbers instead of names, which is true for the contestants as well, as they right. all have numbers instead of names. And so wondering if, if he would have picked a different card, if he would have had a different role to play. I also heard that past winners, that wouldn't make sense. You'd have to have a lot more guards than that, than just having past winners. Well, I don't know. Remember when he goes into the winner's room and there's all those, like... This has been going on for years and years and years. Yeah. I guess you could have lots of guards. Like if they bring them back to be guards yeah. was another thought. Huh. Um, I don't know about that one so much. But I don't either. I think the the card one's got some legitimacy to it yeah. because as that's like one of the mysteries of the show, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of the... Um, a lot of the mystery of the show gets solved as it plays out, except yep. for the guards. Like the guard story is completely... Yeah. I wonder if they'll dive into that in season, season two. two. Yeah. So... Uh, I mean, Easter eggs are always fun. The last Easter egg that I have is just if you go back and you see when they're in the common room, you can actually see all the games that they're going to play on the wall, which is kind of fun because you don't necessarily notice that the yeah. first run through. Um, and then you go back through and, and, and you go, oh, yeah. Um, and the controversy I always had to watching this is, man, I am entertained by this and almost like feeling guilty. Like, should I actually like this? Mm. Because this is really sick and twisted. Really, I should probably be running away from this in all in all reality um but yet for some reason they do a good job of drawing you into the story and then you you could separate out like you realize oh i'm not actually part of of these people who like what's going on i'm actually against them yes. you know and that's how the show ends but then you bring up your point and it ruins everything um, <laughs> i'm glad i could do it for you yeah. i think the um you know the story is ultimately an allegory right sure. for uh wealth disparity um as well as um, some racial disparity in terms of 
the way that that's played out right between the North Koreans and the South Koreans in the space. And so I think that that's ultimately in terms of that show, right? The gore is what catches people and the shocking and the cringeworthiness of it. And yet there is an allegory that's being told in it that probably at least needs to be listened to a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what's going on? My name is Jared. I am the innovations pastor here at Crossroads Church. If you are enjoying our content today, would you do me a favor? Go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you're thinking. And lastly, share with your friends. We also want you to know that every weekend we get together at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 for our weekend services. We'd love to see you there either in-house or online. Let's get back to it. So Matt, there's really something that's really interesting in the show, which uh, makes this uh, all kind of feel a little bit more okay in my mind, uh, even though it's not really. And that is the fact that uh, in like the third or fourth episode, they have the all the contestants have the opportunity to vote to say, "Man, people are dying. I don't want to be here anymore." Yeah. And so they they have this big, you know, voting where they can vote to leave. And uh, as long as it's a majority vote, they can leave. And so the majority votes, hey, get us out of here. Yep. So they knock everybody including out. Including the old man. Including the old man, right. So they knock everybody out, they take them back home, and then they wake up in their homes. And then you start to see, uh, you know, the main character start uh, living his life again. And you learn that he's actually in massive debt. And as he is trying to, to struggle through life, he comes to the conclusion in his own mind, man, I'd rather go back to the game and die than continue living this life that I have in debt. And so I don't know how he does it. Somehow, I can't remember how, but he gets in contact with the people, and they actually bring anybody who wants to come back, back, and almost everybody comes back. Yeah. And, and what that says to me is this reality that people are in such grave debt that they are willing to go into this game and risk they would rather die basically than than live with this debt and and that brings us to the reality of of how much debt actually weighs in on on us and in in our lives i think yeah. it's one of the leading causes of suicide in adults um in, in our current age because people say man i just i can't handle this debt anymore i'm going to get out and that's not just talking about like like bad gambling debt or or debt with like a bookie or something like that that's just like uh i know somebody that uh has over a hundred thousand dollars just in credit card debt you yeah, know consumer with, debt it's consumer debt it's crazy high in interest rates um and so we're actually going through a series right now called make money work here at crossroads which is uh, we're really t trying to take a practical approach at how do we handle money in a healthy way and so i thought it would be good for us today to dive a little bit more about uh you know number one how do we not get in debt in the first place if you are in debt what do you do to get out uh, i'll turn that over y yeah. you know i know that you have some thoughts on this and so if you want to address any of those yeah i think that you know debt is uh, a serious issue. And I think that what the show really did a j good job of is showing uh, the desperate nature of people who were in debt. Mm -hmm. And then when the main character wins at the end, uh, it didn't actually solve his problems. problem. No, yeah. like, you know, in fact, they call him in and say, hey, um, did you lose the card we sent you? Because you haven't actually. <laughs> just, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't, you're not actually that's using any of the money. Episode, yeah, that's so the last that's episode. To, yes, to yeah, push throw that again. again. <laughs> I thought the first time it covered all the other times. That, it does. Yes. I just, you just wanted just, to do it again. Yeah, because it's there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I thought it did a really great job of going, man, everything that he was willing to give up in order to get that money, like mm. as he reflected on the next year of his life, 
it didn't actually solve anything for him. Like he gave up his mom, right? Right. He, he didn't. He wasn't there when his mom de- was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he lost one of his good friends, mm-hmm. and uh, the money didn't solve the issues that were intrinsically that he was facing. Absolutely. So I think that when it comes to debt particularly as Americans, like part of the issue that we get into, particularly when we're talking about like consumer debt is uh, contentment is a big deal. Like we live in a society that is always teaching us uh, to be discontent. And that's all of marketing yeah. is firing at us to be discontent with what we, that's the iPhone with what we have. It's the iPhone, right? It's the, the upgraded world that we live in, that we don't, we don't um, replace things when they break anymore. We upgrade things you know, and technology has a huge piece in that, but it or even spreads it. or we don't fix it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I could buy this new one. Uh huh. It's like printers. Yep. Printers are stupid. Because like, you're like, I can buy new ink for this printer for $30 or I can just buy a new printer for $50. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. And so I think that like we live in this society that's always pushing into us um, the discontent that we have, making us aware of what we don't have. And then that external pressure gets put onto us and we internalize that in such a way that we need, right? That's the way we couch mm-hmm. it is we need something and that need ultimately leads us into debt. And so the habits that we form in our lives while... Debt and disappointment. Just, yeah. Because I, every time I indulge on something like that, I have quick buyer's remorse and I'm like, ah, yeah. why did I do that? Yeah. And I think that that's part of, um, you know, the the slyness of society, mm-hmm. right? It's like, hey, here's something that's good, you know, da, da, da. it's going to put you in a little bit of debt, but you'll be better for it. Mm-hmm. And rarely, I th- and that's the sales pitch of all of society. And I think that that, you know, part of the consumer debt that we rack up is because, not because of, you know, the one bad decision or because the car falls apart or whatever. It's like all of the little decisions that we make of the, I just, the iPhone 13 came out, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want my 12 anymore. I'm going to get the 13. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that that's... Uh, it's only $23 a month. Yeah, it's only $23 a month, right? In that space. And so like, we constantly work ourselves into these spaces where our whole lives are really built upon the debt that we have. And not all debt is, is bad debt, uh, for sure. But when it comes to the Bible, like you know, Proverbs 22.7 says that the borrower is always a slave to the lender. And that's always true, right? Yeah. Like, like you're learning that right now with your solar panels. Yeah. Like you are now enslaved for the next 30 years or until you sell that house mm-hmm. um, to this to this lender who's given you the money. And there's not a lot of not a lot that you can do. In my own life, I'm trying to teach my kids this early, mm-hmm. of going, "Hey, look, um, you know, there are going to be times when you're going to have to assume debt in your life, mm-hmm. um, uh, but just know what the feelings like." And so, with my son, he wanted an iPhone. And uh, I said, okay, you can have it, but you have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And so he took on all of that debt, and he uses his allowance, and $5 a week in allowance goes towards, uh, towards nice this you phone. give your kids allowance. Yes. And so it was uh, <laughs> before that, you know, he had, he had money to go to the corner store and buy a soda or a chicken sandwich, you know, yep. all this kind of stuff. And then he bought that iPhone. And for the last two years or so, he hasn't been able to um, – do really buy anything mm-hmm. yeah with his money like it all goes to the phone mm-hmm. and we have these conversations of going like you are you are in debt to t-mobile right now mm-hmm. uh, for that phone mm-hmm. and how does it feel and would you make the same decision and mm-hmm. so uh, his screen's broken and he doesn't want to assume another hundred dollars so he just deals with a broken screen yeah and uh and lives on life 
so that he does not become yeah. more of a slave to, yeah. to the lender in that space. And so we're just trying to teach our kids, um, you know, the what does it feel like to be in debt? Mm-hmm. And then how do we make decisions in our life? Um, so my, young, my middle son, Cademan, saw the debt that Theo was in because of his phone. Mm-hmm. So when he came of age to buy a phone, he went out and found a $50 iPhone 8 mm-hmm. that he had money to pay for right off, mm-hmm. you know? And so he's still living, you know, with his allowance he's and doing whatever, doing whatever he wants to That's do. Right. You know, he has the financial freedom to do what he wants to do because mm-hmm. he's not in that debt, but it's because he made, as a sixth grader, yeah. um, a wise decision to go, I don't need the newest and the best. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I, I resonate with that a lot um, in, a, in our own life. And you have to learn those lessons. Um, and hopefully uh, people will listen to this and learn those lessons early. Um, however, a lot of people haven't. And so they're, they're stuck in these huge amounts of debts. It feels like I can't get out. Sometimes it might feel like it's easier just to die than to deal with this debt. So Matt, what do we do if, if I'm in debt? How do I get out of that? Yeah, I think that, you know, the first step, and there's a lot of great materials out there from uh, Crown Financial to Dave Ramsey stuff. And, you know, all of them basically speak to the same thing when it comes to debt is to sit down and to, to put together a plan of what it is, right? So regardless of how much debt you may have in your life, you can sit down and look at a plan and go, how am I going to begin to to pay this off? And there is something about paying off, uh, you know, some debts that get out from under you, right? And so, you know, Dave Ramsey is a big proponent of this, of, of putting together a plan and paying off the smallest debts first, you know? And there's this effect that is in you that goes, man, like I'm now free from this credit card, right? Like I owe $500 on my Discover card, but I owe, you know, $150,000 on my house or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, take care of the credit card first, mm-hmm. right? And get free from that. Now that's freed up hundred and you know, $500 in your life to now apply towards the next debt, towards the next yeah. debt, towards the next debt. And as you go through that um, plan, um, finding yourself, you know, more and more free. Now, there's always going to be speed bumps along the way, right? Like the car is going to break down and you're going to have to figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so as my wife and I have tried to navigate like debt in our life um, for big purchases, like, you know, there's no way to do it, do it without mm-hmm. in many ways. And we try to be very um, smart and wise with our money in that space, but we always, um, are saving. So even right now, um, we just paid off one of our cars this Mm -hmm. last year. Um, one of our cars is paid off and we're out from under that. And so instead of just assuming that into our budget and spending it on Chick-fil-A or wherever, um, we just opened up a savings account and that same payment goes into it. And so, uh, the next time a car payment, comes, we're going to have money in the bank. Or, you know, if one of the cars breaks down, there's money in that bank. And all of a sudden, we're not sitting in that situation that goes, um, Mm -hmm. man, what do we do? But we're actually trying to think forward. And we've just hit small things like that, you know, along the way. And so, um, yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, And, you know, my my last thought, uh, as we wrap up is just, uh, I think that sometimes we can be embarrassed, uh-huh. um, you know, when we get into big debt, and and it's really important to not go through that struggle alone. And so I just encourage anybody that's listening, it's it's good to reach out, reach out to uh, a spiritual leader that you trust um, that can walk with you and journey with you in that. Uh, maybe a friend that can hold you accountable. 
um, and it and a financial advisor that you can trust as well. I know that there's bad ones out there, but um, we can reference some people in the link uh, of, of some companies that uh, we, we would trust and recommend yeah. um, for you to use in order to help you uh, create that plan. Because sometimes you think, man, how do I even make a plan? What does that look like? Well, sit down with the financial advisor and, and, and make that plan with them and then have your friend uh, or, you know, help you stay yeah. accountable to that. Because even in, in, a, in a marriage, right, like uh, we try to hold each other accountable. But I mean, when you both have the same bad spending habits, it's really hard to hold each other accountable. Yeah. Right. I, my my wife is she's her love language is gifts. And mm. so for for Christmas, I always want to get her something really nice. And so Christmas came along this year and she actually had a, a, a smartwatch that got stolen. OK. And so I wanted to replace it for her for Christmas. And so, I mean, it's like 200 bucks. Right. And so I buy it for her and I give it to her and she doesn't seem very happy. And I'm like, babe, I thought you'd be really excited about this. And she's like, yeah, I just don't know if that's a smart use of our money right now. And I was like, you're right. That's probably. And so we ended up, you know, Amazon's great. You send yeah. it back, you yeah. get the money back. And so um, that, that was a big, a big thing for us to kind of journey through that together. And for, uh, you know, for us to say, hey. Uh, it's nice to have nice things, but I don't actually need this. And let's actually take care of what we need to take care of first. And that's yeah. you know, taking care of our car, taking care of our kids or whatever that needs to be. Yeah, so, so it was really cool to, to, to see that, uh, that growth in her and for us to be able to work at that together. Um, and, and uh, that's kind of an, uh, yeah. a, a, a little success story in our <laughs> that's house. That's a good one. So, that's a good but, one. Uh, yeah. So, Matt, thanks for being with me. This has all been really, really good stuff. Please check out our Make Money Work series. It is on our YouTube channel, um, and it, it's a, a, a five-week series that you can see. And we're really, again, we're trying to be very practical uh, with giving you tools of, of how to make money work in a way that honors God and, and gives you that financial freedom that you're looking for. We'll see you guys next time.